Kevin, I got a question for you. You ready? I'm ready. I can handle it okay. today. My question is, what's the most awkward thing that happens to you on a regular basis? Oh, I love getting awkward. I'm awkward pretty much <laughs> all the time. So this is a good one. But, you know, I like uh, I like losing things, apparently, uh-huh. you know, or things you just can't find things, uh, car keys, wallet. But I usually I found a trick. I spin it into just making up a third person uh-huh. or like, what'd y'all do to my family? What'd y'all do with my wallet? And yeah. then I'll just keep looking for my wallet. And I'm like, oh, somebody stuck it in my pants pockets. Gosh. And then I always have somebody to kind of uh, blame, blame it on. So that works. The um, And I can do this with my phone. I, I, I like to say like I've never cracked my screen. Uh-huh. And so one day it dropped out of my car and cracked. I immediately got in the car, went to the Apple store, got the screen change and... You'd never cracked it. I've never cracked cracked a screen. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. That is. That's a a good record. Or one other one Uh was my AirPods. I lost my AirPods and I can't find them. And so so I found them. Where'd you find them? They were in the Apple store. Somebody had actually put them back into a box Uh and set it on the shelf. Wow. And cleaned them all up. They were like brand new. Got you. And I just told my family, I found them. And they were they're right the here and they're like, check it out. I found them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So you just play this game with your mind and you can just live in happy land all the time yeah. when you do it. It's a trick. <laughs> that's that's, a, a, that's trick. a trick of the eternal optimist. So you got that one. Yeah. Thank you for that. What what, uh, what do you wrestle with awkwardness on a regular basis? Gosh, I feel like I also am social. This can be a little socially awkward. Like sometimes when I see people, maybe if I haven't seen them in a while, my excitement for them is like at a seven or eight. But maybe our the where it should be is like at a three. So then I'll come to the conversation like, what is up, Kevin? Like, how are you? And then you could be like, I mean, I'm good. Like, I'm good. And so then I now you have to navigate like, how do you co bring the, the conversation awkward, bring it down. down? The awkward mood meter <laughs> yeah. you got to bring down. You got to meet them at, and then you're like, okay, well, sweet. Actually, okay, I got to go. Yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> and then you scare them off. Yes, and then you scare them off, and They're they like, look scared at it. And, yeah. They're like, stop, Princess, you're scaring the children. Yes, yes, I've gotten that sometimes. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Hey, why don't we just get it started? <laughs> you're listening to Irrational Kindness. Hi, I'm Kevin. And I'm Princess. We work with hundreds of amazing team members at our three Chick-fil-A restaurants in Canton, Georgia. We lift up the celebrity in every human. Hey, that's you. We seek to understand over being understood and prioritize kindness towards yourself and others over over everything. everything. Princess, today we're going to get to meet Matthew McMahon. Wow. What an incredible guy. He is a senior in high school, and there is so much to learn from his history that we're going to get to do. Matthew McMahon. Gosh, I think he should be called Matthew the man because he is. He's awesome. He is the man, and I'm excited for people to get to meet our friend Matthew. Princess. What's up? I'm so excited about getting to talk to Matthew today. Here's what I know about Matthew, Mm -hmm. okay? I know that he came along at a time when we had zero team members for Hickory Flat. Yeah. And in walks Matthew and says, I'm the man. Is that what you said, Matthew? Was it something like that? Yeah, actually, my first interview, I didn't even do the online stuff before because I saw the sign. I'm like, cool, interview. And I walked in with uh, Hayden, and he's like, did you sign up online? I'm like, 
online. I just came here to apply for a job. So I was, I got to interview with Hayden uh, first time and I guess he really liked me. So that's really awesome. Wow. That's cool. And so we didn't have any employees. We didn't know how in the world we're going to run this new store. Yeah. And a year and four months ago, Matthew comes into our life and it's a whirlwind, Matthew, wasn't it? We were like, none of us knew what we're doing, but we, we, we got, we, we were all in the same boat trying to figure it out. Yeah. What was it like starting at Chick-fil-A? When you were getting, when you were thinking, here's what I'm about to jump into, and um, it was definitely a lot because it was my first ever job before, yeah. and so I was like, all right, new experiences, new challenges, let's let's face this head on, and I was really excited, and I was stoked to try and do something new. So when we first had those uh, opening day trainers, I made sure to learn every single thing I could from them. So what um what made you decide now's the time to work? Um, Would your parents say it's time or did you just say, I need some money uh, or what <laughs> kickstarted you? I needed money because I was about to be turning um, uh, 16. So I was like, I need to start saving up for a car. I need to start actually like contributing and like getting my life together and like trying to see myself being self-sufficient and see what that was looking like. So I was like, this looks like a great place to start. So were you 15 when you, when you got hired or right in that transition time? Right in that, yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Now you're the oldest of your family. Yes. You have a younger sister, Maddie. Yes. What's it like being the uh, being the first one leading the way on work? Definitely set some high standards for her. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she'll definitely be able to exceed what I've done because I've definitely helped try and lay a good foundation and show and try and teach her like ways of like, hey, this is how the real world works. Mm. This is all the fun and joys of working and also the, the, like with the actual work and stuff, but also the uh, good sides to it as well. What's the biggest benefit of working that you, when you started, you didn't expect, or you uh, did expect that came true? Having my own bank account, being (laughs) able to see the money, not go down, but go up was the real, was the big thing. Cause I'm not really much of a spender. So I normally save up for bigger, bigger purchases than I do with like just little knickknack stuff. So when like being able to see the bigger numbers and like see like, hey, I can actually buy this with my own money and say it's mine was a really big thing for me. Was it always expected when you get to be 16, you're going to go to work? There was really no like set standard or anything. I just felt like it was my time to try and venture out and try and do stuff. Um, my parents backed me 100% on it. And so and I think ever since then, they've been very happy that I've they don't have to pay as much for me anymore. Yeah. You've lived in this area a long time. Is your fa- is your grandparents from this area? Um, no, they originally grew up in New Hampshire and Rhode Island was okay. where they were originally from. And they moved, uh, here 35 years ago, but they still have one of the strongest Boston accents around. Oh, wow. Really? That's yeah. awesome. So did your dad and mom, uh, how did they meet? Uh, they met here cause they both went to the same high school. Actually, they went to Walton. Very cool. Yeah. Was it love at first sight for them or was it? Uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't ask real. them that far, but yeah. But I think we they need to get them in here and ask them. Yeah. <laughs> they dated their senior year and then they went to separate colleges and then got back together. Very cool. But sports is a huge deal for you, right? Yes. So how did you manage work in sports? So at that time I was playing uh, rec league basketball and then I also play varsity tennis for my high school. Once spring came around, I was like, OK, I need to focus on sports a little bit more, but I was still able to find and time managed, being able to work at least two day, two times a week to sometimes one time, but I was still managing my time with school, sports, and work. 
So you have friends that some don't work, some that do work. You know, how do you, uh, where, where does work and sports and high school all fit together for you? How do you value the different parts of that when you have other people that may not value that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot, but it's definitely, I think, helped me in the long run to be able to figure out time management at such a young age, to be able to know which places I need to be and which one needs, uh, needs me more. Uh, definitely still trying to live my high school life of yeah. like going out with friends and stuff on weekends and being a student athlete as well. Uh, definitely those two have been very important to me and I've made sure to um, stay on top of those as well as still committing to work to being able to say I'm consistent and very good at what I do. It's easy to to think that you can that young people can manage all this, but yeah, it's, hard it's hard to manage yeah. school work. And when you do it, it's amazing what you have to be thoughtful of what's happening this next week. Yes. You have to be thinking down the road week yeah. so you don't miss family outings or friend outings, don't you? And then yes. work. How do you make sure you're planning down the road? Definitely keeping organized. Uh, throughout all of my life, I've been a very organized person. I've always, whenever I found free time or when late at night when I couldn't sleep, I'd clean my room. I would organize my room because I, if I was bored and I, I've always been that way. So definitely like keeping up with stuff has always been second nature to me. So that's how that's what's really helped me through that. Do you use your phone or what's what tool do you use to keep yourself organized? For the most part, I use my phone, but I've recently gotten a whiteboard in my room to be able to write down all the activities I do for the week. So every Sunday I'll sit down and once I have my work schedule and I'll talk to friends and then I'll be able to set up my week. And that's how I'd be able to manage everything. I feel like he's a little bit more organized than me. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't have a whiteboard. That's Princess, awesome. we need to get some different, different things yeah, to keep us I, going I here. need to get that. But I think you're right. It is, it's a balance and it's hard. So that's cool. Yeah. So you're happiest when you're playing sports. Yes. Sir. Is that true? Yes. That's what wakes me up in the morning is like mm. thinking about sports and like all that. Yeah. What are you doing during this time when we have such little uh, sports to watch? You hanging in there? Uh, it's it's hard to hang in here right now, but luckily sports will hopefully be starting up again soon. And I still am able to go to like parks and stuff and play like pick up basketball with all my friends. I was walking down the park last night and there was some people playing soccer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I just envisioned myself back in high school and I, and how great skilled. So I finally got one one person. I said, "Can you kick me the ball and let me let me kick it back to you?" And just yeah. I was bragging to my girls that were with me how amazing I was used yeah. to be. And uh, I kicked it back to the girl and the girls like. Man, you're pretty good. <laughs> there we go. I only kicked it one time. That's all, that's hey, all you, that's need, all you to, need. That's all you need. You just need a little flash and then get out. Yeah. <laughs> so are you more into basketball? Uh, yes, now I am. So what's your favorite pro team, college team? What are you into there? For college, I'm actually a Georgia Tech fan. What? You are? Yeah. No, I'm messing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they're um, always, uh, it's a hopeful time. They're not, they haven't started playing, so it's hopeful right hey, now. You can always say. Hey, we remember <laughs> the glory days. Um, but yeah, for college, I'm definitely a Georgia Tech fan. And then for like national teams, for basketball, uh, Boston Celtics. Because you're your grandparents? Yes. Okay, got yeah. you. I see the connection. That's cool. Hey, uh, what I didn't realize about you was the adversity because you come in and you're you're just like uh, in any any other person, but then you we discover you had a challenge that happened in your life that, was, that took a lot to overcome. That when you were eleven, is that right? Yes. Give us a little bit a uh, window of how what happened to you when you were eleven. Okay, so uh, when I was eleven, uh, that February of 2014, I was diagnosed with a uh, cancer called osteosarcoma. 
which is basically meaning disease of the bone. So I had it um, under my right um, kneecap and it had grown up a little bit. So it was about it was about like maybe a little bit smaller than a baseball, not mm. like diameter wise, but like lengthwise. So I had actually caught it very early, thankfully, because of all the sports I played because I was such a high involved athlete. How did you discover it? How did your family discover it? Uh, basically, we discovered it through uh, me um, having pain in my knee and running slower. There, but most people thought it was I'm 11, 12. It's growing. It's time for you to start growing. It's just growing pains. But then once it progressed to like often at night and then they're like, OK, let's figure out what's wrong. And so we, we did that and found out it was actually cancer. Then I went through uh, chemotherapy treatments up until May of 2014, where I then had an amputation called rotation plasty, hmm. where basically to describe a little bit of rotation plasty is they uh, take out the cancerous part, which was my knee. And then um, they turn my tibia and fibula 180 degrees and then attach it to my femur. So that way my ankle now acts as the movement for my prosthetic, which wow. is, yeah. And I was like, when we first heard that surgery option, my parents were like, um, sorry, but I was like a hundred percent on board right wow. from the bat. Yeah. Cause I was, cause that once they told me this was your best option to get back to playing sports, I was hundred percent on board. So how was it, what do you remember? You were 11, but what do you remember about when that news hit? A lot of that year was a bit in and out because of all like the chemotherapy I was going through. But from the most part, I do remember at the first I was, I was scared definitely because that's what would happen. Um, but once I come to the realization that this is what gonna, is going to happen, I learned why not look at the good side and the benefits of what's going to happen than more or less the bad there was definitely times where I would have would focus on the bad just because of down days and stuff yeah. like that. But for the most part, tried focusing on the good stuff of like, hey, I get to be involved with this whole new community that I had never thought to mm. that would exist before. How much school did you miss during this window of time? I missed the end or the second half of my fifth grade year and then all of sixth grade. So basically my transition into middle school was stopped for a year. How did your family adapt to this? How did they stay positive to you? And I'm sure there's behind the scenes yeah. things going on. How did all that play out that you talk about now, especially as you've grown up and look back on it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like it hit them harder than it did me. Yeah. The I've always been told most of my life that I'm a very mature person for my age and take things very well. Um, definitely being a parent, I think that a different perspective of what just happened to their kid that why, why me, why this, why now? Um, but I think eventually once they saw the heart that I had and the passion that I had, they jumped on board with me and then were able to see uh, what I saw and that I was going to be able to come out on top. Did you have, I'm sure you had a lot of painful days yeah. and a lot of days they're just down. How did you persevere through that? So basically sports is what I focused on. Cause that was my passion. That was my love. So Anytime there was sports on TV or because a lot of the times in the, when I stayed in the hospital, um, they'd have like different um, stars from the local teams come to the hospital. So I met a lot of Braves players, um, so Falcons players and all of them. Mm. And that that really that and then also the fact that I was being I was trying to get back to playing those sports was mm. what really got me through those tough days. 
Yeah, the hope of getting out back out there and wanting to get out there. Yes. You certainly have. How, what's it like then? Then you get a prosthetic leg. What was that like learning? How do you operate your ankle as a knee? Yeah, that that actually that took a decent amount of time. That took about four to six months before I was walking again. But after I started walking correctly, everything from there really clicked, because especially since I was so young, my brain was still being wired. And then I just had to change a little bit about it. And then it's like, OK, this is the new normal. We can do we can do with this. And so after, I think, eight months from having the surgery to nine months, I started um, running a little bit. Yeah. A year later, I think once I finally got into eighth grade, I started playing sports again. So, yeah, insane. two, two year, year and a half, two years after I started playing sports. Does your leg have mechanics in it? Um, a little bit. So I have some like metal hinges here to keep it like stable. But for the most part, it's all me that moves it. It's all you. Yeah. There's nothing connected to a sensory. No, sadly, I'm not robotic. But You're not robotic. <laughs> but I will tell little kids that I am. That's Have cool. you figured out how to how to get just a little bit more vertical on that uh, using that leg now? Is there a way to get a little more spring in that where you can pop it up? Just, you know, you only need what you need just about. How, you're dunking already, right? <laughs> no, I wish I can. I can grab the net, but I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to work that out. But um, most of the time it's with the foot spring. So if you've ever seen like the uh, Paralympics or anything like that, you'll see like the big blade and like it's so that way you can get like a really good spring that you'd normally get from your knee. So it's just a different way to distribute the spring from your body. And so I have a little bit of something like that, but I also have it to where I can go laterally, not mm. just straight forward. So that way it adapts to the sports that I like to play. Wow. Do you approach that sometimes like this is a whole new thing that makes you special and different and gifted and you get to learn that new skill? Um, yeah, it really does, especially when I go and like play against people who have both their legs and then I can like outplay them. And like that right there is what I was looking forward to is being able to say, hey, even though I had this happen to me, I still can persevere and come out on top. God, what an inspiration. Yeah. Do you get to pour that into people that are going through the same thing? Yes. Yeah, so I actually um, work with an organization called Rally and they're a childhood cancer. And I can actually, I actually talk to uh, other kids that have uh, have the similar cancer and who are going through different options. Hmm. And like, I've been able to talk to a couple people about different options and like say, Hey, these are the benefits and these are the downsides. Ultimately, it is your choice, but I'm showing you that this is what it looks like when you do come out from the dark side. But this is what it looks like on the light. You know, to be able to believe in somebody, to be Mm -hmm. able to encourage somebody, to show them hopeful future, you know, and it meant tons to you. It sounds like when athletes would come do that to you, that's everything. Yeah. Going through what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like getting to see those athletes and like seeing like. I remember one time we went to the George Aquarium with a couple of Braves players and they were just casually dressed like they were just one of the crowd. And then because they didn't tell us that they were Braves players. So we just thought they were on the tour with us. And then at the end, they're like, do you want to take pictures with these guys? I'm like, who are they? (laughs) And then they're like, then they pull out their jerseys. I'm like, oh, wait, I know who these guys are. I've watched them a lot on TV. And then like, it's so awesome being able to see like how normal they are. And like they ask like normal, like normal questions, like how you doing, like how you feeling and like different things about what what had happened. And I was just so amazed by that. What's what's uh, what's your future like? What do you got planned for the future? Because uh, let me tell you, 
He's he's become a leader in the kitchen now. Yeah. He literally, there's no better food than that hickory flat. Come on, oh, yeah. Chick Fil A that Matthew produces. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean he's back there killing it, leading our team in an, in a, a huge amount of volume, and he's back there and um and you're just such a rock. Yeah. In yeah, that location. You. Yeah. What's your future look like? I know you're about to bust into your senior year here. Yeah, so senior year over River Ridge. Going to be taking it one step at a time, going through school, going through work. Now with this new opportunity to try and lead, actually led for the first time with um, Wednesday was my That's first awesome. time. And I, it went really well. We had a great night. And I cannot wait to do more of those and keep growing and learning from everyone there. Um, as well as for school, trying to figure out which college I'm going to go to and all that. My short-term goal right now is to either go to KSU or Georgia Southern, but my end goal is to eventually transfer to Georgia Tech for an engineering degree. And what would you, what can you see yourself doing with that engineering degree? Um, so the engineering degree I want is called a biomedical engineering degree, and it's basically making advanced like organs and prosthetics and stuff to mm. be able to, my goal with it is to be able to like connect like people with prosthetics to be able to connect it to their body. So that way they control it, not control them is one of my big goals that I want to do with it. That's going to be a lot of technology going on in that field in there. Oh yeah. Big upcoming field with that. And you play a lot of intramural sports and yes. uh, rec sports and the things that go with that. Well, I'm inspired. Yes. And I'm inspired because you're you're not only constantly evolving, but you take an adversity that's just amazing. Yeah. And if you can't be inspired by how you've overcome and flipped that adversity, almost that perspective change into making it really something that's unique that makes you uh, Matthew, who, who God created. Yeah. How does faith play into all this in your life? Um, so I'm Catholic. So I've been brought up, born and raised Catholic from my parents and grandparents. Um, so before COVID church every Sunday did like Bible school and all that did the Sunday Bible study and all that stuff before all this COVID, um, planning on to continue doing that. Um, my biggest thing though, was my, was my grandpa or a granddad who lives up in Canton. Um, he has been a huge like faith guide for me because he is heavily involved with the organ uh, called Knights of Columbus mm. over at St. Anne's over in, I don't remember, East Cobb. And so basically throughout my cancer treatments and all of that, he was always there to like pray for me. Mm. And like, he would always get all of his like other church friends to come pray for me and all of that. And that was so like uplifting mm. feeling that presence of God through him to try and um, help me through my tough times was just so amazing. That's incredible. Your grandmother, what, what's her, what's she like? Uh, she is typical grandmother. <laughs> what food do you want? I have Aww. all of it. It's, yeah. it's, she's one of the best. She takes me shopping a lot. She loves to shop. <laughs> Basically, if you think of your typical grandmother, that's what she is. She's just, she walks in a room and she like lights it up. Her laugh is amazing. And I love spending every like time I can with them. And mm. They've just been a huge role model a role models for me well that's awesome i'm impressed when i was going into my senior year, i was not near as a stud as you are mm -hmm. and so i can't wait to see where god 
continues to grow you, yeah. lead you, moves you along. Really proud of you, Matthew. I'm proud you selected us to hang around yeah. with at Chick-fil-A <laughs> here yeah. in Canton. Mm-hmm. I'm proud you came and spoke to have the boldness to speak about your story. It's a, it's a, it's a story that needs to be told. I'm yeah. sure not only just to people that are going through the cancer like you went through, but, you know, whatever adversity we have in life, yeah. here you are able to take that and really spin it and use it as something that you can't change what you're going through, yeah. but you can change your perspective and the hopefulness you have and to find little nuggets that God made you so original. Yeah. And even through your adversity is just a beautiful thing that I'm enjoying learning through. And uh, I'm glad we get to be friends. And yeah. I thank you so much. It's thank awesome. You. Yeah. That's the, that's the one thing I really like with the message that I try and share is like whatever adversity you went up through, you can overcome. There's many ways to overcome adversity. And I love being able to talk to people that have overcome stuff because it's it's um, just spectacular to see everyone's journey, but they still end up at the same place right after. And then what they choose to do with that point after is also amazing because you feel so much more obligated to share your stories and be able to uplift other people. And I just love that whole culture of just like uplifting people. And that's one thing I inspire to try and do. Thank you so much, Matthew, for today. Thank you. We love you and we're proud of you. Thank you. Princess Matthew is awesome, Gosh, isn't he? He's so wise. It was so good. Yeah. Were you that wise when you were 16 no. and 15 and 17? No, no I'm not that weight wise now. But Matthew, you know what I love that he said? Mm. He talked about how he focused on his passion, even in the adversity, right in the middle of adversity. He was focused on where his heart was, that God designed him uniquely, originally. He found that passion that mm. got him that he loves and got fired up about. And that's what got him through it was that zoned in on that. Yeah. He literally pointed to where he wanted to go back on the field and was like, I'm going to pursue that, whatever the cost. And that really helped him get through it. Boom. Hey, come see Matthew. He's cooking sandwiches at Chick-fil-A of Hickory Flat. Yeah, and if you want to check out Matthew's story and just see him online, just hear even more details that we didn't cover on the podcast, you can go to irrationalkindness.com and see all of those. All right, y'all, until next time, see you soon. We out. Gotta get in while you can. Gotta get out while you can. Gotta get in while you can. Gotta get out while you can. Play your cards right, middleman. Play your cards right, middleman. Play your cards right, man. And check your gauge. Check your gauge. Check your gauge. Check your gauge.